In just a bit, we're going to invite um, some of the members of the worship team up to share with you their heart to leave us and go plant a church. That is exciting for them, but it is difficult uh, for us. Well, it's also difficult for them. So before I do that, I'd like to talk to you about the stages of grief. There's five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Let's just go through them. Denial. In denial, you pretend that life will go on just as it always has. And you do not yet let yourself feel the weight of what's happened. When you're in denial, you may find yourself hiding in distractions or coping mechanisms instead of facing what's happened. And this is actually a survival mechanism. It's kind of a grace of God, a common grace given to every person that helps us to pace ourselves in the grieving process. You may start in denial feeling nothing, but you can't stay there if you want to heal. You find yourself beginning to let your thoughts move toward the loss, and as your thoughts move toward the loss, you begin to feel, and you may be overwhelmed. Anger is another stage in the process. Anger is such a basic emotion When you begin to feel your pain, anger is often one of the first emotional responses that emerges. Instead of suppressing it, allow it. Feel it. Who are you angry at? Why are you angry? What is it that you wish would have happened that didn't? In the midst of the meaninglessness of loss, anger helps provide the beginnings of a structure to make sense of it. It can help us establish who we long to connect with. It can help us identify what we value, who we value. We don't want to stay in anger, but anger is an important stop on the journey because underneath the anger are other emotions, other needs that will be able to emerge once the anger is cleared out of the way. Scripture says don't let the sun go down on your anger. Scripture says in your anger do not sin. Anger has a purpose. It's meant to drive us to protect or restore something. It's a catalyst to break us out of passivity, but it serves as a very poor long-term motivator. So let it out in safe places that don't cause great harm. God's a safe place, and you might find some trustworthy people are safe places to let your anger out. But don't deny it, and don't let it settle in and get stuck and become bitterness. Because underneath your anger is hurt. And healing the hurt involves allowing God in, and it involves choosing forgiveness. But denying anger and denying the hurt denies the healing. Bargaining is another one of these stages. If only I had. What if I? These are bargaining thoughts. In the bargaining stage, we're trying to figure out how we could have done more, we could have done differently, we could have done better, whatever we could control that would have avoided pain. 
Maybe we bargain with the person. Maybe we bargain with God. And it might sound like introspection. It might sound like a healthy desire to grow. And we want that. We want a healthy desire to grow. But bargaining is something a little different. Bargaining is a, is a, is a misplaced need to be safe and in control. If I can figure this out, I can avoid future pain. In bargaining, we may entertain thoughts of guilt that what is happening is entirely our fault. And the idea that it's entirely our fault is, again, an illusion that we're clinging to in the hopes that if it really is all our fault, maybe we can get it under control. But the reality is life's not under our control. Natural disasters and other people's choices and a whole host of things are largely out of our control. Also, nostalgic obsessions with how great things used to be and a desire to somehow return to our former glories, living in the past, can be an outcome of being stuck in the bargaining stage. A healthy ownership of our behaviors that contribute to relationship problems is healthy and good, but when it becomes simply a form of viewing life as punishing you for not being a better friend, son, parent, or whatever you are, you may simply be in the, in the bargaining stage. Depression is a part of the journey. When we begin to actually feel the full weight of loss, that this is now going to be our new normal, it can feel so empty, so hopeless. We may have thoughts like, why go on? What's the point? Motivation may be hard to find. Life may feel like it's living in black and white. And the kind of depression I'm describing here is not about chemical imbalances in the brain. This is depression connected to loss. Depression in this way is a sign of mourning. It's a sign of biblical, what the Bible calls lament. And when we're in lament, there's something of great value that we once had, but we no longer have. And it's okay to be depressed. It's okay not try to, to not try to fix it right now. If what you've gone through warrants a season of sadness and grief, then the depression may be the only healthy path to walk. You may not be ready yet to go on with life as usual. That's just reality. That's the process. This depressive sadness, that, that, that's part of the grief journey. That's your normal when you go through that. God's still with you. I promise you, the good shepherd knows all about the valley of the shadow of death, and he knows how to guide and how to comfort. The Psalms are full of lament precisely because sometimes our grief is so strong, we don't even know how to put it into words, so God gives us words. Consider Psalm 13, how long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I'm going to sleep in death. My enemy will say, I've overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. 
Acceptance. Acceptance is not the same as feeling okay. You may never be the same. But in acceptance, you come to say, okay, this is my reality, and I'm still going to live. Acceptance is not denial. It is seeing the loss, acknowledging the loss, feeling the loss, lamenting it, and coming through the grief to the point that you can see that life is still worth living. There's still much good in life. Acceptance is when we stop trying to go on as we used to, stop living in the past, and we begin to live in the present again and lean into the future again. We may never forget, and we may have the scars to prove it. In the beautiful words of Annie Lamott, you will lose someone you can't live without and your heart will be badly broken. And the bad news is that you can never completely get over the loss of your beloved. But this is also the good news. Never getting over the loss of the beloved is also the good news. They live forever in your broken heart that doesn't seal back up and you come through. It's like having a broken leg that never heals perfectly, that still hurts when the weather gets cold, but you learn to dance with a limp. Acceptance is learning to dance with a limp. Someone once told me, Tim, every one of us is replaceable. And I think I know what they meant, but I thought that was one of the stupidest comments I've ever heard a human say. I know what they mean. A new generation of Sunday school teachers and elders and council members and police officers and teachers and construction workers and parents and horrible politicians will arise to take their turn. That was a humorous aside. To take their turn at this thing called life. But I want to tell you a truth that's so much deeper then everyone's replaceable. <laughs> no one is replaceable. Every single person in our life is irreplaceable, one of a kind, a unique blessing of God, and to lose just even proximity to them is hard. That's the truth. Life goes on, but not the same. And acceptance, well, if we had to give a metric, how do you know when you've reached acceptance? I'm just going to throw this out there, and you guys can tell me later if this, is, if this is right or not. I guess maybe acceptance is when you start to have more good days than bad days. I don't know. It comes in waves, okay? I, I've talked about the stages of grief, but they don't actually come in order. That's not how it works. The feelings, they arise in a moment, and the thoughts come, and with the thoughts, the surge of emotion, it might last for seconds, it might last for minutes, it might last for hours, it might last for days, and then it recedes like a wave. It's unpredictable. The rhythms of grieving are unpredictable. One moment, we're fine. But we're not. We're actually in denial. 
The next moment, we're on a rant about how wrong this is. We're in anger. The next minute, we're repenting of all the things that we wish we could have done differently, and we're pledging to never let this happen again, God. We're bargaining. And then we're in total despair, and we want to just hide from life and not talk to anyone. And how could life go on? Surely this is the end of all things that matter. That's depression. And then we resolve that though this is hard, life will go on and it will be worth living. Acceptance. My final point is this. Tears. Weeping is one of the most basic human expressions of emotion, one of the most basic. We weep before we know how to talk. We weep as babies to communicate well before we have words, and when our souls are torn apart by grief, weeping is one of the most natural and healthy ways to express it. And to you, I say, I give you full permission and blessing to weep. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those whose spirits are crushed. And as I've told you in the past, don't stuff your tears, don't dump your tears, sow your tears. Don't stuff your feelings down and hide them and pretend you're okay when you're not. Don't dump your tears, giving full vent to your anger in a way that's destructive. No, sow your tears. First, with Abba Father. He knows. He's completely trustworthy. And secondly, sow your tears with trustworthy people who can help you carry the load. Matt, thank you so much for that song. Psalm 126, five, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. And today, we're, we're releasing some irreplaceable friends to do everything God has put in their hearts to do. So today, we sow in tears. But may we one day reap with joy. Gateway Fellowship Church. These past two weeks, Matt and Dorothy, Rowan, Austin and Megan Hamilton, Steve and Hannah Goss, Anthony and Whitney Gaiman, and Clay Mast have spent many hours meeting in person. By the initial weekend, Matt and Chelsea Borders were also involved in our conversations. We have been sharing our personal walks, 
discussing the future of our families, the overall state of the church we attend, and how each of these come together. This morning, we stand before you to formally state our resignation from the Gateway Worship Team and our transition away from Gateway Fellowship. Each of us owes the fellowship at Gateway an incredible debt of gratitude for its role in elevating us to new heights in our spiritual journey. Clay Mast was the first amongst us to serve here. Altogether, he has been involved for 18 years. Just a rundown, Austin's been on for 17, Matt Borders 13, Hannah served for 12, I've served for 11, Steve Goss 7, Anthony Gaiman 4. And in the theme of memory lane, thinking back, we give honor and thanks to those who have served alongside us for periods of time and helped grow the worship environment that we so richly enjoy here at Gateway. It's Darcy. John and Lois Mast, Wayne and Doris Summers, Richard and Janet Kaufman, Tim Martin, Jay Embleton, Lyon Sid Hamilton, John Warfel, Sean, Kayleen, and Sonia Yoda, Marty and Jess Miller, Eric and Janae Sterling, Justin, Lisa, and Andrew Chupp, Jordan Warfel, Aaron Sterling, Chelsea Steinsdorfer, Taylor Tweedle, Kirsten Scott, Vincent and Rachel Borders, Kayla Horn, Keisha Borders, Lacey Hamilton, Shania Smith, Melissa Gonzalez, Jill Yoder, Alexis Ward, Rob Porter, Keith Martin, Pete Roach, Jacob Borders, Megan Hamilton, Stephen Landis, Stephen Rowan, Doug Young, Daniel Timothy, and Christina Kaufman, Grace Scott, Teresa Jones, and Nikki Burris. Please forgive us if we forgot anyone. Filling these roles means time away from family, arriving and leaving church separately from them. Thank you to the wives and the husbands who have supported us through it all. Leading worship at Cannon and, Greatway for, and Gateway for our combined 82 years has been one of the greatest periods of our lives, and it will never be forgotten. As so many faces have come and gone, we have had the privilege to watch as the church has grown in the love of the Father and the power of the Spirit. Tim, we love you more than, more than you know. When you came to our church, you brought a fresh breeze of liberty. The Spirit followed you and chains were broken. Together with you, we have been empowered, moved mountains, cried tears, and to this day have countless laughs. You will always be a pastor in our lives. Tim and Carrie, we want you to know that we absolutely harbor no ill will or anger towards you. Outside of just Anthony, we have all been here since day one when your family of four... Or was it three? It wasn't four. Okay, when your family of four walked in the door. We have been here standing behind you, supporting you, defending you, growing with you, doing our best to usher in God's spirit every Sunday morning by being receptive to his leading and playing our music as skillfully as possible. Tim and Carrie, you are our friends. We love, respect, and bless you, and this will never change. Several years ago, Austin had the vision of someday starting our own church, one that would be worship-centric and originally initiated by young families and believers. At that time, this was not seriously considered, but as time has passed, we have found ourselves discussing this scenario more and more. This will be a casual gathering of believers that meet once a week, 
intentionally seeking and worshiping God, followed by a long period of supporting and fellowshipping with each other over food, recreation, outings, sports, etc. In today's culture, where more women earn degrees and or work as heavy of a workload as men, multiple formal meetings per week are not possible for so many. Discussing this has brought excitement to all of us, a sense of vision and calling. We do not know exactly what it will look like, nor do we know where it will end up, but we feel the hand of God steadily resting upon us and leading as we move in this way. Throughout our discussions, one grievous theme was echoed repeatedly. What will this do to Gateway? I encourage us to read James 3 repeatedly as we go through this process. One of our chief ambitions is not to slander Gateway. Can we transition out of Gateway in the best way possible with a way that is filled with love and mutual blessing? After talking with the leadership, we are planning to remain here for the next two weeks, assisting and mentoring those that will be filling our roles in worship. Gateway, for sharing our burdens, empowering us, bearing with us, caring for us, loving us and our families. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We love and respect you all and remain co-warriors with you as God's kingdom is establishing itself here on earth today. Um, the last thing we ever wanted was any feelings to be hurt. And that's what we're really trying to do because we want to maintain relationships. Mm. We, I think we have nothing but love for everyone here. And I really hope that we can portray that as a group. Um, and just on the way to church this morning, it was, I was just listening to worship music and just talking to Jesus. And, and he just said, he was just like, Megan, he said, everybody has the same goal, is to keep Jesus as Lord whether you're in this church or another church or whatever you have planned, but I believe that we all have the same goal is to keep Jesus as Lord. And I just hope that you guys can accept that with us, that that is our, our goal. <sighs> Sorry. Anyone else? stuff like this so much. I think I say that every time I speak. Um, I just want to say thank you to everyone. I was looking around during worship and I think there was probably like four people that I've never spoken to and the rest of you have one time or another came up to me and asked how my family's doing, whether it's my family that I'm married into or my family in Alabama. And I've been here probably the least amount of time as everyone else here, but I've never had a, a church family. And I was raised in church my entire life. Mm. Um, I've left a few churches, and it's never been hard. And this one's going to be hard. So thank you. Um, they loved us well in the way that they were fully honest with us 
about things that they saw in, at Gateway and in me and in our leadership team where they felt, I'll put it this way, they shared some concerns they had that we're considering and praying through. And my, my understanding, the way I feel it, is those things were shared out of love to help us grow. Uh, I don't believe they were shared as saying, here's why you stink and we're leaving. In fact, as we've communicated in the, in the past hmm, week, um, what I've sensed is you are in love with this vision of the kingdom. Quite frankly, it's stuff that's on my heart too. I think Carrie joked, we're coming with you. What time's the meeting? Meaning the whole church. And I said, yeah, you can have this building. And by the way, can I preach? Um, and I say that to say, that's the heart of love that's, that's here. So um, my desire, our desire, Gateway Elders can go ahead and stand. Come on up here. Our desire, my desire is that we send you well, that we commission you today, that we um, send you with a blessing. So I'm going to just go down the line and pray, and you guys can just start praying too. Holy Spirit, I say more. Fill. God bless more. In Jesus' name, run well. Run well. Run with perseverance, this race that's marked out for you. Holy Spirit, may the Lord bless and fulfill all that's in your heart. In Jesus' name, more prosper. In Jesus' name, I pray for a shield around Matt and Dorothy. Thank you for peace on their home. In Jesus' name, bold as a lion, great confidence and courage. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, more God, more, more God. Holy Spirit, more. I say yes to the prayer that's on Rob's heart. In Jesus' name, more. More, God. More, God. Fill. In Jesus' name, more. Holy Spirit, empower Clay. Empower him, Father. I pray for new heights of liberty, new heights of freedom. Let this be a launching pad in Jesus' name. God, I ask that you would use Clay's um, evangelistic, or uh, it's not even a word, there's, there's a connecting gift. I pray that this, that Clay be used to draw people who are not in any church into meaningful discipleship in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, more. More for Anthony and Whitney in Jesus' name. More, God. God, fulfill all the dreams they have. I see, a, I see Whitney being, in some ways, a principal architect of this, of this church plant, having, having a, a simple vision of people who will say yes to Jesus in the midst of a culture that is running after all kinds of lies. And I say thank you, God, for the community vision you've given Anthony and Whitney. May the Lord fulfill all that he has put in your heart in the form of dreams. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Thank you for their reckless abandon and trust in you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for these two entrepreneurs and business leaders and lovers of people. Would you bless the borders? Would you bless the vision and dream they have for their little family culture? And would you bless their, their extended family? I feel like there's a real big, big heart they have for their siblings and for their cousins. And just there's a whole, 
There's a whole vision that, that they carry on their heart. And I ask that you would say that they would see the fruit of the heart they carry for that, but also grow their businesses. And thank you that you've made them entrepreneurs. And I pray, God, that just through simple friendship, business would be missions for them. Business would be missions for them. Can you guys go ahead and and lift a hand uh, toward them as well and just speak out whatever is in your heart. Holy Spirit, we bless this church plant in Jesus' name. we're, We're sad to lose we will work on relationship. We are not going. We are just, I'm just declaring today, we are not going to allow uh, the loss and the hurt to land in a place of bitterness that breaks relationship. We bless and honor as gateway this church. And we declare in advance, we are your supporters. We are your partners. We are your friends. We are your cheerleaders. We will be there in the night. Watch. The bond of covenant, we are going to keep up our end of that thing. That's what we're saying in Jesus' name. Guys, um, that concludes the service proper. But I want you to come up here. If it's in your heart, I want you to hug these folk, pray with them, cry with them, tell them what they mean to you, ask them questions. I'm not asking you to feel perfect about it. You got something else? No, I just, if we can have the youth after this, go back to your office. There you go. Did you hear that? Anthony wants to talk to the youth in my office after this is over with. But, all right. I'm not going to do a formal benediction. I just want to say, please take time today. Connect with this group. Hug this group. Cry with this group. Bless this group.